0: Welcome to the Beat with Jojo Doman, powered by Husker Online. Nebraska linebacker Jojo Doman gives you an in-depth look at the Husker football program and beyond. The Beat is brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate.
1: Hello, and welcome to the first edition ever of the Beat with Jojo Doman, powered by HuskerOnline.com. I'm Sean Callahan. Uh, privileged to be the host of the show here with Jojo Doman and. Each week for at least the next 18 weeks, JoJo and I will be getting together every Monday, uh, brought to you by our, our proud sponsor here, Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate, 14 Nebraska locations, a Nebraska-based company. We're proud to have Edgewater online um, as the sponsor here, the title sponsor of the show. But JoJo, this is going to be fun. I mean, I'm really excited to bring this in. And when you talk about some of the changes of college athletics, I think opportunities like this, are big because you are going to let the fans inside uh, places that we've never been able to really go with
2: the athletes during a football season. That's right. I mean, when you approached me with this opportunity, man, all the hairs on my arm stood up. So the pleasure is mine. I'm really excited to really dive into the the heartbeat of this Nebraska football program and and share my heart Mm -hmm. and just have good conversations. Well, this is your sixth year. I mean, it's it's crazy that you've
1: been at Nebraska um, this long what drove you to want to do this? I mean, there aren't a lot of guys, because you probably would be in an NFL training camp right now, whether you would have been drafted or got a free agent opportunity, you'd be practicing in the NFL right now. What did you see that said, you know what? I'm not done here. Because I saw you that last game against Minnesota. You were on the field 50 yard line, kind of saying your final goodbye to Memorial Stadium on that last home game. What changed from after the Minnesota game to when you made the announcement to come back?
2: Yeah, it just means too much to play at Nebraska, and I guess the legacy I wanted to leave was leaving this place in a better place than I found it in 2016. And w- without that bowl game last year, and without with the COVID and everything going on, it really just didn't feel like a like a true senior year. And the opportunity the opportunity to come back when that presented itself, I mean, I was I was ready for it, and I understood that all the adversity and you know going through the same stuff, having to take classes still. Was going to be part of it, but I was willing to sacrifice those things to rep the end on my helmet one more time.
1: What What does the class load for a six year senior look? Because um, you, you've got your degree already, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm graduated.
1: So what? What are you like? What do you What are you taking? I mean, are you taking the ballroom dancing and golf class? I mean, what What, what What's your schedule look like right now? You know, now? I
2: do get a lot of a lot of crap about not getting my masters, but ultimately, I've never. School, I've never really been a school guy. You know, I've always just had to had to do it because I was supposed to and um, really just taking this time to get my PhD in football, uh, pour my heart into this team, pour my heart into this program. Every practice, every moment is an opportunity to impact people in some way, shape or form. So when... When the opportunity to come back presented itself, like it was, it was so much bigger than me. Like, yes, I want to leave a lasting legacy, but I also want to be a part of this thing for one more year, and I wasn't ready to leave it. So, you do you have to take at least six credit hours still? I mean, what's the minimum as a graduate? Do you have to still take? I think it's nine. Nine, I think it's nine. So, I mean, Will Honest put me on uh, scuba diving, and I'll just take some, you know, recreational classes to to pass time, but. You know, all my focus is going to be on film, the opponent, my teammates in this game. Where do you scuba dive at? Yeah, I think they go to Branched Oak Lake. Really? Yeah, they dive in there, and, you know, once you're certified, you can go anywhere. Get That cold water will get you ready for Wisconsin week going outside in the cold. No doubt. Those cold tubs do a better job, though. <laughs>
1: We're talking here with JoJo Dolan on the first ever episode of The Beat. Sean Callahan here, uh, The Beat is Brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and in real estate with 14 Nebraska-based locations. Um, Jojo, it is fall camp and it's a different schedule for you guys right now than normal. You know, during the season you're in what's called the 20-hour rule, where they can really technically only have you 20 hours a week with practice and weights and whatnot. During these three weeks, it's a lot different. I mean let let the general person know what these three weeks are like for you guys as far as when you start, when you end. And what it's like for
2: you um, during the season? Yeah, so it's a 21-day stretch where we got 18 practices, and you know our day starts at waking up at 6:30, having to be fed and dressed, in special teams meeting by 7:30, and then you know all the meetings, practice, recovery. We get some time off, and then we got to come back in the afternoon for more meetings, more meetings, walkthrough, dinner, weights and then some more meetings so we usually get off around 8:30. it's a full it's a full platter it's it's a full day
1: so when you say meetings like some of those like it's there's not two days anymore but some of those
2: meetings are outside on the grass or outside in the indoor complex yeah but we have so we have a walk through which serves as our second practice and that's about an hour out on the turf but it's not a practice right, <laughs> right. it's a meeting Right, (laughs) you got to get creative with those rules now. No doubt.
1: Now, when you were here for your first year, I I, I should know this, but were two days around year one at Nebraska when you were here.
2: They they were, they were. So you can like talk to the young kids about what two days were like, and they're awful. And then the guys before me, there were three days, you know, and our coaches were playing. So. There's there's no there's no excuses. Um, you show up when you're supposed to be there, and you got to put forth the energy that necessary to accomplish the goal at hand. And you know sometimes you do have to remind those young guys, and sometimes I need reminded by my other uh, teammates to hold me accountable. So there's some teams
1: I see when they do training camp like they'll they'll rent out a dorm building on campus, like Ohio State does that. And Urban Meyer used to want to take the team to kind of like a crappier practice field set up, and they they live in the dorm.
2: Do you kind of, I mean, would that be cool to do something like that? Or do you, do you like to get to go home at least at night? Yeah, no, I like going home at night, but that just gives me peace of mind. I'm sure I'd find some sort of peace of mind staying with my teammates. It'd be rowdy though, for sure. We're talking here with Jojo
1: Doman in opening headlines as, as he makes his way through his sixth season at Nebraska and you know, JoJo, you guys are supposed to be playing this game in Ireland. I mean, that, that probably was a reason why you wanted to come back to go to Ireland. You don't go to Ireland, but yeah. you open with Illinois. I mean, has that changed just the focus, the urgency, especially after the way that game ended last year? New coaching staff, I get it, at Illinois – and we can ask your dad, as Brett Bielema was one of his former clients at one time, so your dad might be when he comes on the show with us here in a little bit. Uh, but just opening with that game, um, you know, what has that done for you guys as far as just maybe the focus level compared to past ball camps?
2: Yeah, I mean, the week zero pushed everything up a week, so we're definitely full force and getting ready for Illinois. We're 26 days away. Wow. And that number is just getting smaller and smaller. So, really, every day we, we, we want to optimize every day, every moment. and and do everything we got to do to position ourselves uh, to be successful. And you look at the way the schedule starts out. I mean, Illinois, Fordham, and then Buffalo.
1: I mean, opportunity to to get off to a great start. I mean, how – you know, Scott Frost has never won three games in a row at Nebraska under his time here. I mean, how important is it, you think, when you kind of look at the big picture – to get some momentum and, and kind of get some rhythm going because there just hasn't really been those opportunities the last three seasons.
2: Yeah, definitely. That'd be huge uh, right. to just build the confidence and the belief in this team. Uh, it starts game one, and that's not going to be a rollover game. They got the most returning super seniors 22. in the country. 22. Yeah. So,
1: the li- what's the linebacker's name? Jake Hansen? Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, you and Jake Hansen have been together all six years. Have we? I think he's been there. Yeah, he's a six that's year guy, wild. too.
2: But yeah, so we, we have a tall task um, facing those guys, but we're really gonna take this thing one at a time and not look at three games in a row, but hopefully, hopefully that just happens by nature.
1: So when you study a team that has a new coaching staff, are you watching like, so much different film on every possible offense they could run?
2: Yeah, I mean, we, we check out where they came from. Um, and then they're bread and butter. I mean, we, we're ultimately going to have to be ready for anything, but it's like that even when we do have a good game plan on, on a team. So it's really just being 10 toes down on, on our defense and a, on our assignments and what we plan to do. And we're going to adjust and defend whatever they throw at us.
1: Well, you're listening here to The Beat, brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate. And this is how the show is going to be. We're going to be here every Monday for at least the next 18 weeks. And opening segment, we're always going to hit on kind of topical things, what's going on. And then the next three segments, we're going to bring in different guests, whether they're players on teams, friends, people in JoJo's life, family members. They're going to come on as our guests. Then we'll also have time at the end of the show for the mailbag. And we have our mailbag segment coming on later. We have three pages, JoJo, of questions. We're not going to be able to get to all three um, pages of questions um, for you on the show,
2: but um, that's kind of a layout how we're going to do this every single week. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, man, I'm excited. Like I said, when you presented this opportunity, dude, all the hairs on my on my arms stood up. Like, this is a dream come true. I came to Nebraska to be a broadcasting major, realized I didn't want other people to put words in my mouth and wasn't patient enough to just you know roll through it and accumulate to whatever the program was gonna do for me. And now here I am with an ad PR degree, minor in entrepreneurship, and here sitting with you, uh, saying what I wanna say, speaking from the heart. So funny how things come full speed. and our next guest is going to be my father craig doman former sport or still a sports agent
1: um kind of stepped back a little bit here but we'll talk you'll be able to ask him tons of great stuff here and craig doman will don't join us next here you're listening to the beat with jojo doman
0: i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is the deal each week you're here is in conversation with business icons Brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate.
1: And welcome back here to The Beat, Sean Callahan with Jojo Dolman as moving through episode number one. And the segment here of The Beat is brought to you by S&W Fence, voted the best of Omaha for the last five years. They're your local Nebraska commercial and residential fencing contractor serving the greater Omaha area and Lincoln commercially. Jojo, we've got a special guest here on this first show, and Thought it would just make sense. I mean, the guy that knows you better than anybody else and also obviously has a very deep sports background um, for many, many years. Your own father, Craig Dolman, is joining us on the show. Craig, uh, thank you for being a part here of this show, and I'm going to
2: let JoJo take it away from here. Craig, welcome to it's your good, son's podcast.
3: Holy smokes, JoJo. H- how does it feel, I'm bud? i honored to be on your show today. <laughs> awesome to <laughs> have you, man. Like hey, it took me 50-some years to have a podcast. It took you like... Uh, Staying in college an extra year to get one.
2: Right, right. Well, I appreciate you joining us, man. Um, I think first things first. Did you did you ever think you would you would have a son uh, who played at Nebraska that you could potentially represent at the next level?
3: Absolutely not. I mean, when I was uh, when Tom Osborne was the coach at Nebraska, I called Tom Osborne and I said, "Hey, I'd like to represent a, a couple of your players." and we were living in Chicago at the time. And, you know, I ended up representing Tony Bieland was the first guy that I represented out of Nebraska, and that led to numerous Huskers, roughly about 12 to 14 guys that got drafted over the next 10 years. And I never would have dreamed that I would have a son that was even playing in Nebraska, let alone had a, has an opportunity to go to the next level. And an interesting side note is that when we were living in Chicago, Frost was one of my clients. He visited Chicago, and you met Scott Frost, in 1998, when you were less than a year old,
2: if I remember correctly, he was trying to recruit me then. Um.
3: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> hey, you had fat thighs back then. I don't think you looked like a pro then. I showed
2: a lot of promise though with that with that chubby chubby waist. You um. did. you had the, chub,
3: you, you, had the chub, you looked like a sumo wrestler.
2: That's right. That's why I got so big. That's why I grew <laughs> so big. Um, Craig, do you remember the first Nebraska game you brought me to?
3: I do. It happened. I took you and Brock to m- multiple games over the years, uh, more pro games than college games. But the Thanksgiving weekend is a great weekend to hit two games in two days. So it was roughly around 2010. Uh, I took you to a Husker game. I think we it was the Iowa game. It was a Friday afternoon game. Yep. And then the next day we went to Wisconsin and watched Wis. I don't remember who Wisconsin played. But that was the first game you went to. And if I remember correctly, because I got pictures to prove it, um, Eric Warfield, one of my guys, uh, gave you a tour, a tour of the stadium. That's right. And uh, we took a, we, I took a picture of you behind the podium in the um, player meeting room, the big room that was in place at that point. But I never would have guessed that you would end up being a Husker.
2: Wow. We might have to find that picture. I remember No,
3: I got it. I found it.
2: I remember that game and it was it started growing my love for Nebraska. Um, in that very in that very moment. Craig, I think I think to give our listeners some background on, on our on our history and where and where this is going and why we are the way we are is could you give could you give us some background on what I was like as a, as a young kid, aspiring athlete, aspiring football player.
3: Well, first of all, JoJo was one of those guys that tore up every room and went into it. And I can remember when my wife took a job with the Olympics, and that's why we moved from Chicago to, to Colorado Springs. We stopped into Salt Lake for five months for the Olympics in '02, and we lost our entire security deposit because JoJo and Brock destroyed the house while Teddy and I were bebopping around Salt Lake, going to Olympic events, JoJo and Brock were destroying the property. So um, JoJo's had a history of being crazy, um, being um, just one of those guys that transferred that that, um, immense amount of energy onto the field and onto the court. And so your first sport was soccer um, at age four playing in Salt Lake indoor. And when we moved to Colorado Springs shortly thereafter, uh, we got you into soccer, and soccer was your primary sport when you were a kid, and you were one of those guys that just made plays. You had a, you had a competitive fire that exceeded your age. You had that, um, You just had that it factor that, you know, a lot of kids have it, but a lot of kids don't, but you had it, and it showed up in every sport we put you in. So it showed up on the basketball court, and I knew from all my days of working with football players that I didn't want you to start playing tackle football In the second grade, so I made you wait till you're a sixth grader, which was probably the toughest thing I ever had to do at that age because you were chomping at the bit to play before that. So, why don't you share with people what it was like um, finally getting an opportunity to play tackle football after being around football players, going to NFL games, you know, having a dad that. Represents NFL guys. What was
2: that like? Yeah, it was one of the most anticipated moments of my life up to that point Because I'd be in the basement just wrestling Brock until one of us broke something or hurt something And then I was in flag where I was, you know, I'd body check somebody and then pull their flag You know, I was all about the contact And so in sixth grade when you when you let me loose I remember that first scrimmage and you probably do better than I do. I just I let it loose Well,
3: one thing about our first tackle scrimmage, and that's a big deal for a young kid, and it's a big deal for a coach to make sure that you're doing a great job uh, putting the kids in a position where they can be successful. They're not going to be injured. They're going to enjoy the game, is, you know, protect them from themselves. And, you know, we did do Oklahoma drills and things like that. But in the first scrimmage, we played against an established team, and we were a, a a newbie team, a bunch of soccer and basketball guys that wanted to play football and the coach said hey we'll, you know we'll stop during the scrimmage if we need to and i can coach you guys up and i said that's cool uh, but i spent my whole time 90 percent of our practices working on offense because that's the biggest achilles heel for youth teams and we end up beating those cats 49 to zero in the scrimmage the coach was embarrassed that we beat him so bad and jojo was the star of the game or the scrimmage and he blew up a kid on the sidelines and literally the kid landed in the lap of a father sitting in a lawn chair about four yards off the field and that dad said to me the lion has been unleashed
2: <laughs> yeah i remember that i remember the hit very vividly um something my dad did which i which i appreciate a lot is he he made me play every position on the field he didn't he didn't play daddy ball with me where he fed me the ball and made me the quarterback and just let me score all the touchdowns. Um, I played right guard, I played D-tackle, D-end, running back, receiver, fullback. Um, So, Craig, just open up to us about like your coaching philosophy and how how you balanced trying to coach a football team and your kid.
3: Well, as you'll recall, you and Brock were both on the team. and. It was a balancing act to make sure that I wasn't doing daddy ball because that that destroys your credibility as a coach. So I did have you play multiple positions. And I think you're in the Guinness Book of World Records because one play you were playing right tackle. And you you drive blocked a kid 45 yards down the field. The play was over and you were still pushing that guy down the field and the officials blowing the whistle trying to figure out what the heck's going on with this kid that keeps blocking this kid all the way down the field. So, you're in the Guinness Book of World Records, I don't know if you know that or
2: not. I didn't know that, thanks but, for um, letting me know.
3: Yeah, so I think the thing is, is that you were very talented, so if I would have given you the ball 10 times a game, you might have scored six or seven times a game. So I would only give you about four carries a game, and that allowed you to stay hungry, and I did the same thing with all the kids. I, I didn't treat you guys any differently than anybody else, and I rotate I basically cross train the players to be able to play multiple positions and as you know like four kids from our team end up being quarterbacks starting quarterbacks in high school on the varsity level at different programs and so that wouldn't have happened if I would just focus on one guy.
1: And we're going to pick this back up here with Craig Doman as you're listening to The Beat, brought to you by Edgewater Insurance in Real Estate. This segment, though, of The Beat, sponsored by our friends at S&W Fence, voted best of Omaha for five years in a row. SW Fence is your best defense in the game with locations all over Omaha and Lincoln. They handle both commercial and residential fencing. Thanks again to S&W Fence.
0: Brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate.
1: And welcome back here to the first edition of The Beat. Sean Callahan, Jojo Doman. The Beat is brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate with 14 Nebraska locations from Omaha to Binkelman. Um, they have you covered all forms of insurance from crop, commercial, um, you, you name it. Edgewater Insurance and all over the state of Nebraska, 14 locations. Well, we've got Craig Doman here on the program with us right now. And, Jojo, you just went at your dad, Craig. That's right. Now it's Craig's opportunity to go at you. So, Craig, take it away. Bring it.
3: All right, baby. I'm bringing it. Okay, so, Jojo, you were home last week, and we were uh, talking about uh, lots of different things, but it came up about playing at Pine Creek and the 37-game winning streak. And it never occurred to me that – your first start was win number one, and your last start was the first loss that you, you suffered in high school. So the point is, you have been a winner, not just at Pine Creek, but prior to that. How can you bring that winning formula to Nebraska in 2021? What are you doing, and what are your teammates doing, and what, are you, what is the leadership group doing to turn this thing around this season? This is your last year.
2: Well, as you know, winning is very contagious. Um, so is belief and confidence. So the main thing I've been focusing on is building the relationships uh, with my teammates, with my coaches, being as, being as open to them a, as, a, as a football player and as a, a friend and someone, just, someone they can just trust and, and opening that door to where when we're in a high stakes situation, they can count on me. They know what to expect out of me. So that's that's the main thing is just building relationships with my teammates and coaches, the guys I'm going to war with, so that we can we can build that trust and that, and lay that foundation down.
3: Is it fair to say that all three parts of the football team you know defense, offense, and special teams all have to be connected at the hip?
2: yeah for sure I mean the defense feeds off the offense, the offense feeds off the defense and special teams is a 40 yard play every time. So they definitely are all interconnected and all affect each other in one way shape or form and I think I think when those three units are cohesive, the that's a successful football team more often than not. Um, it's, it's the losing football teams usually have a, a, a missing link in the chain to where. You know their defense isn't isn't doing their job, or their special teams isn't doing their job, or the offense is turning the ball over. It's one of those three things, and it can just be one. Um, and if you're not if you're not ten toes down in all three phases, then you're going to struggle at some point.
3: Absolutely. All right, JoJo, Let's. You know a lot of people that are Nebraska fans know that a few years ago, especially when Scott Frost um, first became the coach, that you were damaged goods. You know, Coach Riley's last season. Um, in spring ball, you tore your ACL on a non-contact play, and then you did it again seven months later. And I can remember that, you know, a bunch of coaches came to see you at the, at the clinic um, after the first surgery. And on the second surgery, nobody showed up. No coaches showed up. And I can remember driving you to the stadium to go see the sports medicine people. And I, did, I, I legally, illegally parked next to the sidewalk you would have less room to walk and you were on crutches and you had double knee surgery because on the second knee surgery, you had to take the patella from the other knee. And you stopped about 12 paces from the car and said, I can't do this. I can't get there. And so I just let you sit there for a minute. And then I went into the sports medicine people and asked them if they had a wheelchair. What were you thinking and what was going through your head in that moment?
2: I was definitely grieving in my pain um, in that moment. Um, Just sitting in a hospital bed, you know, having to wake up in the middle of the night and it just being so painful just to use the restroom. Um, And then expected to, you know, hobble my way into the sports medicine department. I Yeah, you brought that moment back full force for me. And I just, I remember... At some point, like we feel like we don't have hope um, in certain things or in ourselves in our situation, and I feel like that's where I was at. Was when I said I couldn't do this, like I was, I was giving into the the victim mindset, and I just I, I lost hope in that moment, um, which I obviously overcame. But yeah, that's that was a powerful moment.
3: Well, one of the things I remember telling you during that time was. Um, you got a free ticket out of football. You know, no one's ever gonna uh, look down on you for quitting after suffering the, you know, same knee ACL uh, within seven months. That's very unprecedented. And I wanted to give you the freedom to make a decision whether you really wanted it, really wanted it or not. And I didn't want you to feel any pressure from dad. So, obviously, you made your decision. You came back strong. You've had a you know fantastic last couple seasons, and you're on par you know knock on wood you have a you know phenomenal senior super senior season. What did you learn from just that whole experience of kind of being in the the dark valley of death almost in terms of your career?
2: Yeah, I came to that point where I asked myself who who was I without football, and that was at a pivotal point in my personal growth to where. I had to define who I was. I had to decide who I was um, and what I believed in. And football was off the table for all intents and purposes at that moment. So it really made me look within myself and and figure out who I am and what I'm about and what I stand for. And and then when I just natu- when time went by and I just naturally got healthier, football became more and more. Um, Came more and more into the picture and I started to focus on it more and then it got to a point where I started to gain this belief in the dream that I could play football again Um, It was just a dream until about six months and I'm starting to run again I'm starting to change direction a little bit and I'm starting to think to myself. "Like I can do this and it was 18 months without football um, in total and Even when I got back on the field, there was still some doubt. And I think that's just natural. And I think we're supposed to, I think that doubt presents itself so we can push through it and learn something about ourselves in the process. But that was definitely a very important aspect of my life to where you know I I had to look in the mirror, take a deep look in the mirror for the first time and, and see what I was made of.
3: Well, I think it was a career-defining moment for you from the standpoint that, you know, you didn't get to participate in spring ball. Everybody's excited about Coach Frost coming in. Um, you know, you get a 30-second, uh, you know, post-spring ball meeting with with Coach, and he said something, to, as I recall, he said something to the effect of, hey, when we have something to talk about, we'll talk. That's right. And that was it, right? And so here you have a head coach that everybody's excited about that's won a national championship at your alma mater, and he's not even got time for you because you're damaged guts. And then you show up in, in the fall, and you're still dealing with some residual issues that you fought through, you know, health issues, and then you show up in uh, Boulder, Colorado, to play against CU, which was the school that you might have went to if you didn't go to Nebraska. Is that fair? Yeah. Okay, so guess what happened? You didn't get to be the superstar in Boulder when you had lots and lots of friends there. You played 18 snaps. And what Coach Frost did or what Chenander did was, they don't realize this, but they helped your career tremendously by not putting you on the field for 45, 50 snaps because it made you hungrier. You've had a lot of things happen in your career that have been negative that have just made you hungrier. And I think that's why you've become the guy you've become, the player you've become, because your fire has been lit because you've had to dig deep to decide, do you want this or not? And I think one of the biggest things, you know, correspondingly or comparatively, a lot of five stars, four stars, guys that they roll out the red carpet for from day one, it's like they're born on third base and they think they got a triple and they, they don't know how to get to third base. Cause they didn't have to get to third base you've had to get the first the second the third in the home and i think that's paid dividends for you what is your perspective on that
2: yeah i mean i agree with that i uh they think i adopted this growth mindset within uh when i faced all this adversity and i think it's something that will serve me well for the rest of my life and i couldn't be more thankful for those um hardships
1: all right, we're going to come back and pick up this conversation with Craig Dolman, part three. You're listening to The Beat, brought to you by Edgewater Insurance Real- in Real Estate with Sean Callahan here. More to come on Husker Online.
4: You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to LipsonAds.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com.
0: You're listening to The Beat with Jojo Doman, brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate.
1: And welcome back here to The Beat. Sean Callahan, Jojo Doman, first episode of The Beat, brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate with 14 Nebraska locations from Omaha to Binkelman from business, personal, commercial, crop insurance, Edgewater has you covered and picking things up with Craig Doman. And, and we were talking off air, Craig. I wanted to ask you this before you and Jojo go back at it. You've got an interesting connection to the, um, game number one here on week zero when we go down to Champaign, Illinois, as not only was Scott Frost, Nebraska's head coach, one of your former clients, but Illinois head coach Brett Bielema was also one of your former clients.
3: Yeah, I think on this one I'm going to go with Frost. But, yes, it is going to be an interesting game. I stay in touch with Coach Bielema uh, pretty frequently. He's a great guy. I think he's going to uh, do a wonderful job down in Champaign turning that program around. But I told him he can wait till game two to show everybody what he's got.
1: Well, JoJo's going to uh, take it away here now, Craig, as you guys work on part three.
2: Craig, let's talk 2021 football season. Let's do it. What What are you – what are you calling forward in me? Uh, what do you want to see as, as a father in your son um, this fall?
3: That's a great question. I would say, number one, I want you to have fun. You know, this, is, this is your last season in college amateur football, and I want you to um, perform. I want you to take care of yourself all the way through the season so that on Saturday afternoons or Saturday nights, you can go out and be the best that God created you to be and leave no regrets. This is your legacy season. Nobody's going to care what you did last year. Nobody's going to care what you did two years ago. Every senior class is measured upon what they do their senior season, and what I would love to see is your performance and the manifestation of other people's performances lead to more W's, so that when you're a letterman and you're coming back to you know, Nebraska events 5, 10, 15, 20 years from now, you can talk about how you guys changed you turned the tide
2: yeah you're
3: the you're the class that that got this thing back on track that's what i'm
2: hoping for high tide rises all boats and the tide being the process um the dedication and the commitment so i definitely feel all those things as well and man i'm just ready to hit somebody really we're in shells now and i can't we can't even unload we're just tagging off on the hip so i'm ready craig
3: I know you're ready. I know you. This is something you've been thinking about all off season. You've been preparing in ways that don't necessarily don't necessarily show up in the weight room. They they're going to start showing up, and so I know you're ready. Do you mind if I ask you a couple questions? For sure. Okay, so you're coming into this super senior season. You're a watch list finalist for or on the watch list for the Bronco and Nagurski uh, Defensive Player of the Year. You know, you've been mentioned as some All-Conference and some All-American stuff. How do you block that stuff out? Because you know that doesn't matter. None of that stuff matters. How do you block that out so that when you go to practice, you're just JoJo doing your job?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's it comes down to validation, and I'm either I can either operate on validating myself and understanding that I am who I am, um, to the best of my ability, right here, right now, in this moment and be content with that or I'm seeking validation from others and, and and waiting for somebody else to tell me that I'm good enough to to then feel that way about myself so the the praise and the blame is all the same and I really try to operate um under that mindset and you know other people's opinions are just their opinions and we're all entitled to our own and you have to have your own opinion about yourself and my opinion about myself is is that I'm gonna be Jojo the best way, uh, the only way I know how um, which is balls to the wall uh, fire fire burning awaken the lion asleep within me and, and, and rallying everybody around me and really connecting with every person in my life because that's that's what makes the game of football fun for me is the shared adversity with, uh, and the shared victory um, with my teammates.
3: Okay, so I love that. Let me ask you this. You know, there's, there's certain people out there that they get paid to write articles and talk about football and, you know, they don't give you guys a chance in some games. How do you, ta- how do you tackle game week against Ohio State when the whole nation already, it counts as a dub for Ohio State.
2: Yeah. You have to double down on, on the belief in yourself. Um, the last couple of years, we haven't necessarily done that, um, and it's reflected by how the game goes. Um, can't sit here and act like we haven't gotten blown out by them before, because we have. And what? Yes, they're very talented, maybe more talented, but we also didn't double down on, on ourselves, so I think to come out in those situations victorious, you just have to believe in yourself so much that you're naive to the fact that they are better on paper and that everybody else picks them, and that you're just you're gonna do your thing, play your game, and and hope for the best, and and not be surprised when it's the fourth quarter and you're up or you're in striking distance, and then you just tap into that internal greatness into the process of you know we're here, let's let's maximize it, let's go win this thing, and, and everyone believe in it across the board and and that's when truly like magical moments are possible
3: absolutely and candidly if if the best team won every game we wouldn't play the games we wouldn't even need to play the games and every single week there's upsets and so what i would love to see you guys do is every time you're an underdog you whip their ass (laughs) you go out and beat whoever's projected to beat you and I think it does start with belief in yourself and then believing in your team, believing in your coaches and believing in your game plan. Um, what is one thing that you want to accomplish uh, individually in 2021 that you've never done yet? You, you haven't done yet?
2: Yeah. I guess statistically, tangible, tangibly, I want to get in the end zone. I want to I want to steal one from the quarterback and take it to the house and then run around in Memorial with everyone on their feet, jumping up and down with my teammates um, and getting ready to go back out on defense for the next series. Intangibly, um, I want to be the most confident yet, yet peaceful state of being that I've been in um, that I want to achieve internally this fall of just that knowingness of it doesn't matter who it is, I believe in myself and I believe in my guys and our preparation and and, and just that peace that surpasses all understanding of it's going to unfold the way it's supposed to. And I have nothing to stress about because it is what it is. And we're just blessed enough to go create plays um, and play a game um, in front of a lot of people.
3: Well, I knew that you wanted to get a pick six and get in the end zone. Um, I, I just pray that you don't put me in a position where I have to ask Coach Frost before the Iowa game, your last home game, on parent weekend to put in the Wildcat so you get a chance to catch, you know, score. And it's not going to um, get to that right point. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So there's a lot of rumblings around the Nebraska program right now that the culture is moving in the right direction. There's a lot of confidence. The offense is, is starting to get some momentum going. Why don't you share for the audience, you know, an insider's view of what is that? Why is that? You know, how how can they even believe what they read?
2: Yeah. Well, first of all, it's hard to convince myself that I'm not biased because this is my senior year and I do see, like, the light in each and every one of my teammates. Um. But from a standpoint of commitment and sacrifice um, and willingness, this is from across the board. Like I believe in in every position group, um, on offense, defense, and special teams, um, we're not going to statistically be the most talented. It doesn't mean we're not going to outwork you, um, and that's kind of that's kind of the mindset we're trying to adopt. Is is, is it's us. It, Screw everything else going on. Like it's on us, um, and I really, I really believe in in Cam Jurgens, and in, in Adrian, and Gabe Irwin, Marquis Step, Samori Toure, Omar Manning, um, Levi Folk, uh, Olive Martin. Like all those guys are, and and much more are going to step up and make plays on offense and really prove themselves. And then on the defensive side, you know we have a solid D line, fast linebackers, and a solid playmaking secondary. So. There's no reason why we, we can't go out and win games this year. Um, I'm just excited to do it with the men in this locker room and and celebrating a bowl victory in December.
1: Well, Craig, hey, this has been a lot of fun, and we've got a, maybe over 20 more of these shows to go, so hopefully we're going to get you on again over the course of the year. I know you'll be in Lincoln, in and out quite a bit this year, so we'd love to have you up here, if it ever worked out, to have you in the studio.
3: I'd love to. I appreciate it, Sean.
1: Well, that wraps it up here with Craig Doman. When we come back, we'll close the beat with some questions in the mailbag. And I told JoJo we have three pages of questions from Husker Online users, so we're going to have to figure out which ones to get to. You're listening here to The Beat, brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate on Husker Online.
4: You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads dot com.
0: You're listening to The Beat with JoJo Dolman. Brought to you by Edgewater
1: Insurance and Real Estate. And welcome back here to the first ever edition episode of The Beat with Jojo Doman. Brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate. Your locally owned and operated insurance agency serving the heartland of Nebraska. From Binkleman to Omaha and everywhere in between. Thank you to Edgewater. We have JR and and, uh, his crew up here in studio for show number one. So it's been great to have them a part of the ride with us. But that was fun with Craig. Now, JoJo, it's time to get to the Husker fans as lots of questions in the mailbag here for you. And I wanted to just simply come out of this one, real simple question. Give me your breakout player for 2021. And you can say offense and defense, one or the other. Uh, I'm sure you got a couple uh, on your mind right now.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna stick with the offense side of the ball. I'm going with Gabe Irwin Jr, 22. That dude is electric. He's like a gazelle when he's got the ball. Shows a lot of natural promise. He works hard. He's got the right mindset. I've, he came in. He came in early, so I had the pleasure of, you know, doing some yoga with him and getting getting to know him this spring. And he's a really solid dude. I'm excited to see him tote the rock this summer. And then on defense, I would say Chris Kalarvik, Northern Iowa transfer. Um, he's got great speed, great instincts, even better dude off the field. So, like I said, like it's all about the relationships in this game and and. Uh, I'm, I'm blessed to go to war with two, two solid dudes like that. Well, this is kind of a broad brush question here,
1: um, but what would define a successful season for you guys this year? And I know it's hard to say wins, losses, division title. I mean, in your eyes, what's a successful season for Nebraska in 2021?
2: We haven't been to a bowl game since my true freshman year, um, and we didn't even win that. So I think winning a bowl game would, would truly define this year as successful in my book. That trip to Nashville seems like decades ago, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. and by the way, that was
1: that was one of the more, it's your only bowl trip you've been on, but I can tell you that was a great bowl trip. That was a fun trip out of Nashville. You were a young pup on that trip. It was. I didn't know what I was doing. You were you were leaning up uh, Brandon Riley and Nate, Nate Gary was on that team with you, right? That's right. So yeah, I mean, it's, those guys are long gone in the, in the real world now. All right. Um, talking stadiums now, outside of Memorial Stadium, what is your favorite venue you've played
2: in over these, five years at Nebraska. It's got to be the horseshoe. It's like a castle in there. Um, even the drive up, like it's just so big. So they do a, they do a nice job over there. Um, a lot of rich history in that stadium. I'd have to go with the horseshoe. All right, talking if Do you think you could play offense at this level? I
1: mean, was there a time when you came in? Because you were the Colorado High School Player of the Year. You played quarterback, correct? Uh,
2: at some point, yeah.
1: I mean, you've played a little bit of everything. Like, was there ever a time that you thought you were an
2: offensive recruit? For sure, I was, it was kind of hard when they told me I'd have a better chance of playing on defense because, you know, I wanted to score more touchdowns. Um, so having to sacrifice that, but ultimately, like defensive side of the ball, you're reacting. Um, so you really got to, you got to have anticipation. You got to have a lot of like that skill set that the offensive guys, you know, are just out there just running. And on defense, you got to be able to react to a super fast guy, even faster guy, but um, so yeah, I mean, I definitely miss scoring touchdowns, but like we said earlier, like I'm I'm planning on getting one. All right, um, what's up with the
1: number thirteen? People want to know how did you pick thirteen? Why thirteen? Is there a special reason why JoJo Doman wears number thirteen?
2: There's unfortunately there's not. I was twelve in high school. Uh, Mike Riley gave me thirteen when I came here as a true freshman. I remember sitting on my couch like getting my number, and I was like thirteen. Like okay, like I can make that work. And here I am, um, still rocking it. So I'm glad it's worked
1: out the way it has. Have you talked to Mike Riley in a long time? I mean, like after he left Nebraska, have you visited or seen him or crossed paths with him at all? Have not. Who who would have been your? Was it Trent Bray? Trent Bray. That was your, and he's a, he's at Oregon State
2: now. He's doing awesome at Oregon State. He Avery Roberts is a preseason All American. Um, he's doing a great job developing his guys down there. So you'll connect every once in a while The coach like coach Bray, maybe just shoot him a DM or something or that's right. Is, I
1: mean, when you've been around
2: for as long as you have, you've had a lot of different coaches and guys you've gotten to know. Yeah. It's funny you bring that up. Cause Bray messaged me the other day just saying, Hey man, it's been, it's been amazing to see your growth um, at Nebraska. And it just really hit home for me. Cause it was like, man, I wouldn't even be here without that guy.
1: And um, When you were being recruited, I think everyone had this question. Like, where do you play Jojo Doman? And, I look at Isaac Gifford was kind of the same way coming up as a recruit because like Travis Fisher's like, "Ah, he ain't one of my safeties at first. And then the linebackers guys are like, well, he's not one of my linebackers. And you kind of fall in this like safety linebacker tweener group where position coaches don't necessarily want to like put you on their tab. Right. And Isaac Gifford kind of reminds me that Javin Wright now is in that same boat. And that's how you were with the Riley staff. I remember they just didn't know like, we think he can play football. We just don't, don't know where he's going to play football
2: yeah i remember the mike riley stack staff had me at the the up back on kickoff return um <laughs> just they and they had me on the hands team just because they believed in my talent that much um which was really cool as a true freshman who were, i had thought i had no business out on that field and they threw me out there and i had to make i had to make it work um it was fun man all right simple question here three fastest guys on the team ooh olive olive martin um Samori, Torre and Deontay Williams. Uh, and Cam Taylor, you gotta throw Cam Taylor. So Deontay, I mean he can move. Deontay's a, a missile. He is he's got a lot of God given talent, but he works he works for everything he has. I got a lot of respect. You talk for that about that. a guy, the story. He was committed, I believe, to
1: Florida, Georgia, had to go JUCO. Wow. Then to Nebraska now for four years. Hey, that guy has been around a few blocks as well. No doubt. Well, JoJo, this first episode has been a lot of fun, and every week we're going to take a lot of questions from the fans. So um, we wanted to work in as many as we could show one. We could probably be up here another hour going through the questions, but we're in fall camp. No, know you got meetings to get off to, so we appreciate you stopping up here in, in the middle of a very, very busy Monday with Nebraska football.
2: Yeah, man, really excited for this podcast. It's only going to get better and better, getting more comfortable behind the, behind the mic and bringing in a bunch of my current and former Huskers to talk ball. So I'm excited, man. All right. Well, that wraps it up here for the first episode of The Beat.
0: Thanks for listening to The Beat with Jojo Doman, powered by Husker Online. Join us for another show next week, brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate.